Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good evening and welcome to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM. That's 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. It's 6.04 and you're here with Beth King and Matt Wilson. As Invasion or Survival Day approaches this Friday 26th of January, it's a good time for us to chat about this date and what it means for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. 26 January 1788 was the day that the First Fleet pulled into Sydney Cove and planted a British flag in the soil. They had arrived in Botany Bay about a week earlier. After being celebrated on different days and with different names, including Foundation Day and Anniversary Day, across the various Australian states since 1818, 26 January was first celebrated nationwide in 1935. It has been recognised as a day of protest by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples since at least 1938, when a national day of mourning was held during the 150-year celebrations in Sydney. A resolution was unanimously passed stating, We, representing the Aborigines of Australia, assembled in conference at the Australia Hall, Sydney, on the 26th of January, 1938, this being the 150th anniversary of the white man's seizure of our country, hereby make protest against the callous treatment of our people by the white men during the past 150 years. And we appeal to the Australian nation of today to make new laws for the education and care of Aborigines. We ask for a new policy which will raise our people to full citizenship status and equality within the community. A national public holiday was not consistently held on 26 January until 1994. The Aboriginal flag was not flown alongside the Australian flag for these celebrations until 2013. Reconciliation, the National Expert Reconciliation Body, has stated that asking Indigenous people to celebrate on January 26th is like asking them to dance on their ancestors' graves and recommended changing the date as a relatively small task that would demonstrate a willingness to address past wrongs. They are joined by the National Congress of Australia's First Peoples, the peak body representing Indigenous people in Australia, and the Healing Foundation, the peak body representing survivors of the stolen generations, in pushing for a date change. A number of Victorian local councils have recently voted to cancel or scale back their Australia Day festivities out of respect for Indigenous Australians. Yarra, Moreland and Darabin councils have voted to cease their celebrations and at least another two, Monash and Hepburn Shire, are debating whether to join the campaign. In response... The federal government has stripped Darabin and Yarra councils of their ability to hold citizenship ceremonies. Our national youth radio broadcaster has shifted the much-loved tradition of the Triple J Hottest 100 from January 26th. Despite the growing push to change the date, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull continues to insist that January 26th is a day that unites Australia. This is Notwithstanding a poll released by the Australia Institute on Thursday, which found that 56% of Australians don't mind on which date Australia Day is held, while 77% incorrectly believed Australia Day had always been held on 26th of January, whereas it was only gazetted in 1994, only 38% correctly identified the landing of the First Fleet as the origin of the day. 
Notably, 49% said Australia Day should not be held on a day which is offensive to Indigenous Australians. So we're lucky tonight to be joined by Lydia Thorpe, member for Northgate, who made history on the 29th of November 2017 as the first Aboriginal woman to be elected to the Victorian Parliament. She's also the Victorian Greens spokesperson for Aboriginal Affairs and Aboriginal Health. Uh, Welcome, Lydia. Thanks for having me. And sorry I can't be there in person. I was held up. It's been a busy week. (laughs) That's totally fine. fine. We've got you over the phone. Um, Lydia, I wanted to start by saying uh, listening to your maiden speech in Parliament um, brought tears to my eyes and it's um, been amazing hearing your story. Your family has a very powerful and deep history on this land. Um, Mm. Could you maybe um, just start by briefly telling us about this and how it's influenced your personal journey um, to being the first Aboriginal woman in the Victorian Parliament? Yeah, sure. So... It pretty much, I mean, I've been born into politics. I um, grew up in a very political family who fought very hard for a very long time to, um, you know, for the betterment of of Aboriginal people, um, not just in Victoria, but this country. Um, My great-grandmother, along with uh, another elder, set up the Aboriginal Funeral Fund um, because our people were being buried as paupers in the, in the 60s and so she set up that fund to ensure that our people were buried with dignity. Um, my grandmother, Alma Thorpe, um, was, was you know one of the lead people in setting up the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service, the first Aboriginal health service in Victoria and, and, and second in the country, um, second to Redfern, of course. And um, my mother has been instrumental in in a range of areas. She was on the uh, Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation under Howard government at the time um, and was co-commissioner into the inquiry into um, the removal of children. So I come from a, a strong line of women particularly and, you know, I was raised in an environment where... The, the conversations in our family homes were always about how we can, you know, do things better for our people and what can we be doing next. And and that's how those services were set up in those early days. They were set up as a as our political voice as well. Definitely. And I feel like that voice has only been consolidated um, with your entry into Parliament. How did it feel entering the Parliament that first time? Um, I felt that you know, it was it was our time, and you know, I'm not in there as a lone voice. I'm in there for for the voice that I've always been, and that's a voice for my people. Uh, I'm not the voice for my people. I um, don't claim to you know to be the spokesperson for our people, but I, you know, I'm I'm one voice and. I come with a, a lot of support and a lot of grounding, um, grassroots grounding and community grounding. So I, I felt, um, I just felt like, you know, this is our time and it's well overdue and we need to start doing politics differently because they've got it wrong for too long and they need to start hearing from, from Aboriginal people themselves. 
Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. I guess one example of that has definitely been the debate over Invasion or Survival Day um, oh. and and um, the importance that that debate has for all of us. Um, I, I know, Lydia, you've said that um, January 26th remains a day of mourning and deep pain for Australia's First Nations people and you've recommended oh. lowering the national flags on this day. Oh. Um, could you Could you share with us what's brought you to this position? Well... You know, every every year we have to prepare, Aboriginal people in this country have to prepare themselves mentally and physically for this for this week, not just this day, not the twenty not just the twenty sixth of January, but the lead up to the twenty sixth of January. It it creates, you know, angst, anxiety, it it just creates um it just brings back so much hurt and pain that we don't look forward to the 26th of January. We know that we're going to have these debates. We know that, you know, there's people that are going to be racist. We know what we have to deal with every single year. So I called for the lowering of flags because how how do we demonstrate to the rest of this country that, it's a day of mourning. It's a day of deep sorrow and pain for our people. When people die, when people are, are killed en masse, they need to be remembered. And lowering the flags is one way to do that. Yeah. And I didn't expect the, you know, what's happened as a result. I thought that it was a way to um, bring people together I did it from a you know my my idea came from a good place it didn't come from a place where I wanted to be divisive or upset people it was about let's let's come together and reflect upon what that day means for everybody not just the people who choose to celebrate it just on that point uh Lydia um in terms of the reaction um uh, there have certainly been some shameful attempts to inti- intimidate you um, in relation to your stance uh, in recent days, and we've also seen uh, the uh, uh, in- interventions by far-right groups uh, at, at council meetings uh, late last year. Um, mm. You know, what do you say to those uh, who use violence intimidation uh, to assert their views? Well, violence and, and intimidation, unfortunately, has been going on for 230 years in this country against Aboriginal people, um, it continues to happen and, it, and it's particularly targeted. I mean, you know, we're talking about rape threats here and I find that those are particularly targeted to women and women of colour and it, it's not ac- acceptable. These people have women in their own families. You know, I want them to reflect upon that and, and think about how they would feel if this happened to a member of their family. And that, you know, take a moment to educate yourself and inform yourself as well and, and take a moment to, to sit down and, and respectfully talk to an Aboriginal person or talk to someone who's educated on this matter and, and have a bit of, um, I don't know, you know, these people don't have, have any kind of understanding of how we feel. But, this, you know, we've always been peaceful, we've always been respectful, we've always come from a, a place of being conciliatory and their kind of behaviour is not helping 
it's not helping us, but it's certainly not helping the wider Australia because they don't reflect the true Australian, which is what they've signed off as being the true Australian. Yeah. They are no, they, you know, they're so far removed from what a real Australian is that they don't even realise that. Yeah, I think that's an important observation. Um, Linda Burney has said that Australia Day should be an opportunity for truth-telling and reflection and has called for the government to enact the reforms proposed in the Uluru Statement, um, which included truth-telling and treaty-making uh, a commission. Do you support this call? Yes, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that... I, I didn't know she actually said it that way. Um, I haven't heard what she said. Um, but if that's what she said... Yes, I do believe that this is an opportunity for truth-telling and it's an opportunity to start working towards a treaty, absolutely. But we can't celebrate it in the meantime. Mm. Yep. Definitely. And I know that there's been um, some really useful resources out there and, and ideas about how we can mark the day respectfully. Um, is, there, is there some suggestions that you've got for members of the community um, leading up to Friday? Well, I think, you know, I think people can either um, go to work and work on that day or attend the rally with us. I mean, our rally, you know, th these rallies, and I was just saying earlier to someone that I've, you know, I pulled out a photo today of me when I was six years of age attending rallies on the 26th of January, well before... Um, you know, the, all of the states agreed to celebrate it on that day as a, as a national day. But it's always been about a peaceful rally. It's always been about bringing your children and your families and coming together in solidarity with Aboriginal people and having some of those conversations and feeling our hurt, feeling our pain so that we can heal together. Definitely. And I know um, our listeners are probably um, aware that we're chatting about the 2018 Invasion Day Rally, um, which is in the Melbourne CBD this Friday, starting at 11am uh, on the steps of Parliament. Uh, it's on Spring Street. Um, and I know we, we noted in the introduction, and you, you were noting just then, that um, Australia Day and the, the celebrations around that in some respects um, have exactly the same historical lineage as the, the protests um, and uh, from the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community around um, that day and what it means for those communities and, uh, and that this day, this year is the 80th anniversary of that first um, day of mourning protest that was called by William Cooper in 1938. So an incredible right. history. And, and that's where NAIDOC was born out of. What William Cooper did that day on the 26th of January, that was our NAIDOC. And somehow that's been turned into this week-long celebration in July but Madoff was born out of William Cooper calling for a day of mourning on the 26th of January and for this country to reflect upon the plight of Aboriginal people in, as First Nations people in their own country. I think we need to revisit that and do that and just have a look at where your First Nations people are in this country. We're not doing any better. Our statistics are worse than ever incarceration, removal of children, people are dying at the rate of, you know, it, it, everything's just speeding up 
And if we don't stop these practices and we don't come to terms with what's happened in this country, you know, having first people part of this country is, is under threat, I believe. You know, we've, we've, we've started with 300 plans in Victoria. More than half of those plans have been wiped out since invasion or colonisation. Half of those plans, there was, in my country, in one part of my country, Kundichamara land, there were over 50 plans before white settlement. There are just over seven plans left. Complete mm. annihilation of, of my people. So let's reflect on that and let's, let's learn about those plans. Let's learn about those plans together as, you know, to be able to hear and understand that these atrocities did occur. We shouldn't be celebrating the massacre, the, the murderers that were responsible for doing this, like Macmillan in Gippsland. We should be taking those names away from, from being put out there as heroes and replacing them and doing the right thing um, and, and having, you know, traditional names. Long overdue changes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, look, it all it all provides healing. It all it all will once we go through that healing process, you will see the statistics lower because our young fellows will have a sense of belonging and sense of place. They'll you know be proud of of who they are and and. Um, we'll be able to connect better in, in those local communities as, as white Australia and black Australia. Definitely. And I thought I'd just mention briefly before we, we finish up um, that after the Invasion Day rally on Friday, there's a really nice opportunity to meet and to chat and to listen um, to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities at the um, Balit Naran Share the Spirit Festival, which is continuing on from one to five in the Treasury Gardens this Friday. And there's a range of incredible musical acts, um, including Dan Sultan, um, Archie Roach, uh, Kate, Philip Murray, um, Shantai Batske, and also Food and Craft and Children's Entertainment and heaps of stuff. So it should be a really nice day, starting with the rally at 11 and then continuing yeah. with some music in the Arvo. Mm-hmm. And, and just finally, um, and, and that's great, you know, that, that is a time to have a yarn and have that opportunity. Um, but, you know, in your organisations or in your network, the next time you, you hear someone do a welcome to country or an acknowledgement to country, I think it needs to go a little bit further and, and, and think about what the acknowledgement actually means. Whilst, we, whilst this country continues to celebrate the 26th of January... What does an acknowledgement really mean? Yeah. I just want, yeah, just ponder that for a moment. I, I, I was part of a, I went to an event today where there was an acknowledgement and it made me really think about, well, I'm finding it very tokenistic this week because we're not being acknowledged at all on the 26th of January. Yeah. That's a really good point, Lydia. Thanks so much for joining us and 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 sharing um sharing those points and your your experiences and history with us. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks so much, Lydia. We've just been chatting with Lydia Thorpe, Greens member for Northcote and the first Aboriginal woman to be elected to the Victorian Parliament. She's been talking about supporting our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities on Invasion and Survival Day this Friday, 26th of January. So it's just on 6.30. You've been listening to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. Stay tuned for Voices of West Papua coming up next. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.